Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. So I'm really excited to be up here. Um, It's been a journey spiritually for me, leading me to up here. (laughs) And so um, just really excited. Um, How many of you guys believe that God is a good, good father? Yeah. Amen. So why do we call it Father's Day anyway? You know, why don't we call it like Dad's Day or Daddy's Day? Isn't it about the dads? You know? No, it's, it's ultimately we don't. Last time I checked, I never called my dad father, even though he is my earthly father. Um, I think ultimately it's about the Heavenly Father, and He's inside of us. And so that's something that everybody can look at each other. Um, it doesn't matter your gender. You can look at each other and say, Happy Father's Day, because you're speaking to the Father that's in each of us. Um, so today I titled the message, uh, Let Go and Let God. And um, <clears throat> how do we do that? Well, it actually sounds a lot easier than it really is. And when the Holy Spirit led Kay to ask me to come up here, it seemed kind of impossible to me at the time, because spiritually I just wasn't in that place yet. <clears throat> and, you know, some of you are agreeing, as you've seen in past times, I don't have, uh, I don't have the, uh, an eloquent tongue, kind of like Moses, you know, when God told him to go to, <laughs> to, to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, he's like, God, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm not a man of an eloquent word, you know, tongue. And, uh, and God said, no, I'll be your, I'll be your tongue. And so I want to be obedient and do that. So that's kind of why I'm stepped up here today. Um, I soon realized how Cade had his work cut out for him when I started preparing this. Um, <laughs> and I was like, man, you know, but I, I decided to let just let go and let God. And I believe he's going to speak to you through me today because he can use anyone and he has something for everyone in here. Um, and, you know, why? Because he said it's more blessed to give than to receive and Father's Day is all about him, so uh, he's a good, good father. He wants to give something to each of us today, and I think that everybody is going to receive something today, whether it's salvation or deliverance or uh, a new level of freedom in your life or healing, uh, or you're going to grow spiritually. I believe that there's something for everybody. So Holy Spirit um, takes you on a journey or t- took me at least on a spiritual journey to get here, but he also wants to take you guys on a spiritual adventure and journey today. While you guys simultaneously will hear about the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus, and the word of my testimony, which is my story. Some of you guys are going to find uh, find new freedom, and I'm excited for that. So I, I you know, I'm just kind of nervous, but I, <laughs> it's been some years since I've gotten up in front of anybody to talk. So I'm just like, okay, God help me. <laughs> but um, my parents, my, my dad is actually in the back. My mom couldn't make it today. Um, they actually strive to do what God told them to do, and they raised each of us right. I, I have two brothers and two sisters, so it's a big family. And uh, they were children's pastors for 20 years or so. So all growing up, we were in children's church every week. As long as I can remember, the Holy Spirit led me to confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and I praised Him. I believe that Jesus had died on the cross for me and rose again and lives in my heart. And God filled me with His Holy Spirit at the age of two years old uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And my parents were freaking out. I was in the bed one night, just raised my hands up and started praying in tongues. And um, 
And after that, he used me as a young kid. I, I just wasn't shy. I went and talked to strangers on park benches and led them to the Lord. And people, uh, the other little game beside me at the pizza place, I would talk to him about Jesus. And uh, just everywhere I went, um, joined a dance team, traveled overseas with them and missions trips, um, was a counselor at Dry Gulch USA. So if you guys are familiar with that, um, there was about 10,000 kids that go through there um, every summer. And so that was really neat. Um, but don't let that lead you guys to believe that I was great uh, in and of myself. <laughs> you know, in fact, in the Bible, and this is a picture, I don't know if it's going to load up clearly, this picture of Noah's Ark um, and the animals. It's actually a type and a shadow and a metaphor for um, kind of who we are, you know, today. So basically, before we enter Noah's Ark, we're kind of like wild animals, filthy in our sin, right? And and God, you know, through, through Noah, he got the animals and let them in. Well, Noah's name actually means wandering straggler looking for rest. And his wife, Nama, I believe is how you say that, um, her name meant pleasant or delight. So wandering stra- straggler looking for pleasant rest. Uh, and then we enter into the ark, which later on in the Old Testament, we learned that the ark of the covenant is kind of how that changes. Well, the, the ark represents an agreement, a contract, a covenant with God that we enter into when we ask him to come into our heart, that we tell him we're going to live for him. Uh, however, you know, once we enter it, we're still wild and filthy as we were born into sin at birth in this fleshly human body that I'm in right now. And when I was saved and entered the ark, I was born again, meaning that my spirit's ability to commune with God was born again in me, and I was saved from eternal death. And you guys were as well when you asked him in. This is... a <laughs> A picture of our little dog. He's a um, Pomeranian, <laughs> and um, his name is Clyde. He looks just like a skunk. Um, I often think to myself, if I was like an animal that just got saved by the Ark of the Agreement through the washing by the water of the Word and baptism, maybe I was like this picture of our dog Clyde right after a bath, you know? <laughs> or maybe since my name Talon Colt Hawkins makes people think of a bird, Pastor Paul Paul has even given me the nickname Falcon. Um, <laughs> And maybe I was like a baby falcon. <laughs> so let's see what the word says. Job eleven twelve. For vain men would be wise, though man be born like a wild ass's colt. Well, there you have it. So we're all born like wild baby colts. And that makes sense since my middle name is Colt. So I was like, oh, okay. Good. All joking aside, I sure am thankful that God saved us from the flood. And not only that, but he still is saving us from the flood right now. And... Basically, just to give you an example, he chose us from the, before the foundation of the world, so we know he's outside of time. He's an eternal being. Um, not only that, but we know that God is in the realm of the Spirit and is both in and outside of space. So uh, being outside of space and time uh, also means that his word is outside of space and time. It's eternal, it's living, and it's for yesterday, today, and tomorrow, since he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we know that God is his word, uh, which means so. Uh, what happened now is still happening in, in different ways. Back then it was a flood of water, and now it's a flood of information, or you could see it as a flood of his word drowning out the enemy. Amen. And here's a picture of what that might look like now. The Bible refers to water as God's word. So. It's kind of what I could find on Google Images. <laughs> I know it's only one, like one boy, but... <laughs> And then here's a rainbow. Um, of course, this was after the flood of Noah. Um, 
the rainbow represents a promise by God to never flood the earth again with water. And why did he promise that? He doesn't need to flood it again because it's still being flooded right now with his word. And his promises are never ending. So if you are up in a plane and you see a rainbow, an aerial view, it's going to be a full, complete circle. And that represents a never-ending promise. It's never-ending. It's eternal. But how many of us know that when God wills to create something, he starts with the seed, right? And seeds always sprout as a baby. And God always protects and guides with a plan and purpose. So just a few examples. Jesus, he was basically born into the flesh. The Word became flesh to condemn sin in the flesh as a baby. He was the only begotten Son of God, which is the only one born of a virgin of God. So we're all His sons and daughters of Christ, but He was the only one born of a virgin. Um, When we ask Jesus into our heart, we become a new baby Christian. Um, And another example is Moses, since we're talking about uh, the Old Testament today. Um, Moses, his name means baby rescued out of water. And... um, you know, God, he has a lot of humor. Back in uh, when Moses uh, was a baby, he, uh, well, Pharaoh, King Pharaoh, wanted to kill all the babies to stop what God was doing. So he said, every baby, two and under, were killing it. And so Moses' mom put him in a basket, put him down the Nile River, and Pharaoh's daughter found Moses and knew he was a Hebrew boy, but just felt sorry for him and wanted to raise him. So King Pharaoh hired Moses' real mom to nurse him until he was old enough to let Pharaoh's daughter raise him. And so that's just God's humor because King Pharaoh was actually trying to kill and stop everything. So you can't stop God's purpose for your life. This is baby Ezekiel, um, my son. (laughs) This picture kind of reminds me of how God sees us after we first ask Jesus into our hearts and get saved and become born again. And physically, we may be any age. However, we realize that we are naked spiritually, and we all start in diapers as baby Christians. So this is, this is me and Ezekiel sitting on the couch one day. Kind of reminds me of um, how God looks at us again. Um, I, rem- I remained in this stage as a baby <laughs> Christian until I was like 24, 25 years old. Um, and one of the first things I noticed after Ezekiel was born was how sensitive his, skins, or his skin and his nerves were. And keeping a baby's temperature at the right temperature is also important, not too hot or too cold. Otherwise, it could hurt them, right? And I was a lot like that. I was uh, a temperamental, lukewarm baby Christian for most of my life, easily offended and hurt. And I blamed and complained about everyone, to everyone, about my problems, but wouldn't take personal responsibility. And you cannot allow God to change what you won't take responsibility for. And I learned that we have a choice to forgive or take the offense. And it's a sin to take the offense. And forgiveness doesn't make the other person right. It makes me free. And that's what I realized. And it was still difficult to do when I thought the other person was at fault. (laughs) Um, And I had failed to understand Ephesians 6, 12 through 13. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So... Revelation 3.16 says, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. So even through resistance, we still got to be pushed to grow up, right? It's like the Israelites who were enslaved by King Pharaoh um, in Egypt. And Egypt in the Bible in Hebrew represents sin. King Pharaoh was a title for believers with a hardened heart. 
That's what his name actually kind of represents. And we know that Jesus is the king of kings, right? When, we're, when we ask Jesus into our heart, we have his blood flowing through our veins. We're a part of his royal priesthood. We're his royal family. We're his sons and daughters. And knowing that uh, he's the king of kings, he actually looks at us as kings, his kings and queens. So how does God push his children to grow up and become free? Well, the results of um, of Egypt or the plagues of Egypt, plagues represent uh, results of sin, um, was one way for him to actually push, push the people to soften their hearts, come to a point of brokenness so that they would actually become free and from their sin. And so the first plague he sent upon Egypt was turning the stream to blood. And that was a result of sin brought on by hate, death, guilt, imprisonment, a judgment against unbelief, overcoming mental dislocations brought on by rebellion and refusal to repent. So kind of how that applies to my own personal testimony. Um, When I was really little, of course, I have two brothers and I'm the middle and we're all two years apart. We would fight. And of course, I didn't really understand hate, but I was like, I hate you, you know, (laughs) Um, and I really felt that, you know, and, and then later I learned uh, from my parents that hate is murder in your heart, and then I felt guilty. Um, <laughs> and I also felt imprisoned in a way because I was stuck, <laughs> you know, living in the, under that roof with my brothers, always fighting and picking on me, and I, and I felt stuck. I had an anger problem, and so I would get so mad and try to get them to stop, and we would just keep, keep going at it. Um, but it's easy to sin is what I learned. And how, how easy it is to sin is really what's crazy, and sin kind of abounds. But I don't say any of that to condemn anyone, because we know that grace abounds even more than sin. right? So, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew six twenty three. So just an example of... Um, how easy it is to for sin to abound is the second plague frogs from the stream he turned he turned he made a bunch of frogs come out of the stream of of water and into Egypt and uh that kind of represents today rulers of fertility and childbirth it represents lust pornography fornication sexual immorality just a bunch of different uh basically sexual sin is kind of what that represents um, one way that we can look at uh, that verse, if there's darkness in you, how deep does that darkness go? Uh, if you've ever looked at somebody that, in a way that you shouldn't have and you thought about you know, what it would be like to be with them in a way that you shouldn't have been thinking, uh, that's lust. Or if you looked at pornography, that's also a form of lust um, and sexual immorality. And of course, we know that those lead to fornication. Um, if, if the person you looked at was married, it's adultery. If they were not married, then um, it's unequally, or and they weren't a Christian, maybe it was unequally yoked, or it was it was just sexual immorality. Um, but if you watched, um, if you ever looked at porn and you watched both genders, then it was a form of homosexuality in a way too. Um, and these are just examples. Uh, obviously, if a person wasn't saved, um, or if they were saved and they were your brother and sister in Christ, it was incest in a way. <laughs> In your heart, even if it was you just thought of the, had the thought, um, and if it was against their will, they didn't want you to be thinking of them like that. Then that's rape, even if it was just in your heart. And um, another few examples, just to give. Other than that, um, I would say are like one is theft. You know, we might say we never stolen a thing. You know, we were told by our parents never to steal. But if God told you to talk to somebody about Jesus, and you talked yourself out of it, and you didn't, you robbed them of an opportunity of His glory. 
So we've all been guilty of um, stealing in that way. <laughs> uh, and then lying. If you ever told somebody, I'll do it tomorrow, and then you failed to do it, you forgot or whatever, that's a lie. I mean, we're all guilty of that at least once. Uh, cheating. If you've ever eaten a cheat meal, <laughs> even if you haven't ever cheated on a person, you basically cheated on your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So uh, we've all done that. Um, idolatry. If you've ever thought of God to be something that he's not or made him to be uh, to fit your life, your will, your plan, your way, and you didn't lay yourself down and let him change you to fit him and his purpose for you, then that's idolatry. And we've all done that. We're all guilty of, uh, I want I want God and I want all the benefits, but I want him to, as long as he follows my plan for my life. And that's a stubbornness that we hold on to. It's a hardening of our heart. Um, and I'm guilty of all these things. When I think of, when I think of, how easy it is to sin, and we can sin in deed, in word, in thought, in ignorance, all these things. I'm pretty much guilty of breaking the whole law, and um, I've done all those things. Lice or gnats, um, the third plague was uh, addiction. I was addicted to pornography for over 10 years. I rebelled, I revolted, deviated from the right way, sinned and transgressed numerous times, and even that kind of led into the pettiness of unimportant things and wasted time. And that's also what the plague, the third plague represented in the Bible. The fourth plague, flies. Uh, that represents brain fog, confusion, a rush of heat that brought anger, nagging, and insecurity. It brought chaos. And all the while, uh, God protected me from utter destruction, even when I was tricked into doing drugs. And there was a district in Egypt called Goshen. And Goshen means uh, Jews in praise. So a lot of the Israelites represent lost people who are enslaved to sin. Um, but a lot of the people who are saved, they are, um, and they're praising Jesus, doesn't mean they've broken free from their sin. So they could still be in Egypt and still being, uh, receiving the results of those sins. But because they're in praise, God protects them from utter destruction. Uh, livestock was the fifth one. Um, and that represents today, because we're not all farmers with a bunch of livestock, it represents our livelihood, our finances. I lost all that I had and went $55,000 in debt. That was a judgment on incredible unbelief and or disobedience. And God protected me from dying in a car wreck. The sixth plague was boils. Um, just an example of something that I would say that we've probably seen even today is the COVID-19, I would think, is kind of like the sixth plague, boils. It's a fever. <laughs> which makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and even when I strongly hid my sin and it hurt people, I worked really hard to protect myself, even guarded sin like my baby, and all because I didn't know how to get free from it. I was selfish, entitled, and focused on myself. I even worked to perfect hiding my sin and put on a front to cover and make myself look great. It was easy to do. I was in church my entire life, so I knew how to put on the front. Yeah. <laughs> And I kept my sin under a veil or a mask as if it were sacred. And now we're seeing the physical representation of people walking around with masks. And it's been happening on spiritually for years now. It's just now becoming physical. Seventh plague, hail. God kept me from dying when I began experiencing symptoms of autoimmune celiac disease and also type 2 diabetes. So I was not diagnosed with those two diseases, but... I work for a wellness clinic now, and I've seen so many people come in with those things. And celiac disease is like basically you're affected by wheat, barley, rye. Um, every time I ate wheat, I would get bloated, inflamed. Um, my heart was hurting. I felt like I was going to die. 
Um, and of course, pre-diabetic from all the sugar. I was either that or type 2, which is completely self-imposed by all the sugar. Um, and I cut all that out, all the sugar, and God kind of led me out of that as I broke free from sin. It was ultimately a sin problem, and most people don't know that. And diseases are just titles given. They're not permanent. You can, uh, they can be reversed and cured. So that, uh, the ninth plague, that was darkness. And then the tenth plague was the death of the firstborn. Just as the Israelites applied the blood um, to their temple for protection during Passover, I was so close to death. And I saw a book on my parents' bed called The Prayers That Route Demons and Break Curses. It was a book that had scripture in prayer form, and I just needed a resource because obviously I didn't um, you know, follow through with God's word as my resource. So God gave me another tool, you know, use this, do this. And sometimes he'll do that. He'll put something else there for us. Um, so the Holy Spirit led me to begin praying God's word over my life. I fasted. I found freedom. As I came to know God better simultaneously, he broke me free from those sins and led me out of Egypt. And he had me take a leap of faith, and I got married, and he began helping me rediscover purpose, and I'm still discovering day by day, and now with more freedom. And God reversed and cured all disease, or all dis-ease, however you want to say that. And I now walk in complete wholeness, wellness, and healing today. So, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. This is what the Bible says, And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. So God actually allowed Pharaoh to, to harden his heart because, or he even hardened his heart, because he knew that if Pharaoh didn't experience those results of sin, he would never let go of the people, which is basically a representation. We will never let go of ourselves until we stop, until we experience so much brokenness, we get to that place where we turn to God. and We trust in him with all of our heart. So, the plagues of Egypt kind of, uh, and the results of sin cause people to buck up in pride and they say to themselves that they'll become stronger and rebuild and they'll fight and fight and we'll never lose the American spirit, all the stuff that you hear. And um, <laughs> why? Because we can't break free from pride without God freeing us. You know, he, I mean, he's the only one that can free us from our pride. Only God can rid mankind of something that's so deeply rooted. So this is an example kind of a hardened heart. A hard-hearted person is like an abandoned concrete lot. Nothing much will grow there, and what, what does grow is malnourished, weak, and sickly. In order for anything to grow, the concrete must be broken up, the chunks removed, new soil brought in, and good seeds planted. Listen to what Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six says. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh." Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. So God made us. We're not ours. We're his. And so we have to let go of ourselves. We have to let God move. And because he's, he's, I mean, he, he made us to be a temple, his temple. But we have to lay ourselves down. Um, just like the Israelites during Passover, they put the blood on their homes to protect the, them from the firstborn dying. We cover our temple with the blood of Jesus for protection after being first born, right? Or born again. How do we do it? And we do it through prayer and sharing the word of our testimony, just like I'm doing with you guys today. And God leads us to the edge. There's no way to go but through. When, when Moses led the people out of Egypt and he parted the waters, 
I'm sure they had to kind of dive in almost into going into that valley. There's no way to go. The enemy was chasing after them. They couldn't go right or left or back. That's how I felt two weeks before, actually, I got married. I had to quit a job. The next day or so, I drove to Texas to help my dad with this truck, and I got in a car wreck, totaled my car, two weeks before I got married. So I felt like I was diving in. <laughs> I was like, two weeks, and I don't, I don't even have a job or a car. What am I going to do? And, of course, I still got married because God led her. I don't know why she did that. <laughs> and lots and lots of praying on my end, and, um, and here we are. You know, so Pharaoh and the enemy chase, chasing after. That's kind of an example. With man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. The Holy Spirit and Moses part of the Red Sea. The Red Sea actually represents judgment in the Bible. Jesus completely destroyed the enemy after the Israelites crossed. And he destroys the enemy behind you and beside you and gives you power through Jesus to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's a double negative. Nothing shall by any means. Nothing's going to hurt us. When we are struggling, we should pray with faithful action and follow God. And God will direct our paths. When we make it to safety and freedom, we should praise, celebrate, and thank God. We ought to all be like tea kettles. Right after being to the brim with hot boiling water, we sing to God. And right, uh, right after God delivers us from sin, he leads us into the desert of provision where he provides fresh manna and life from heaven. Once free from sin's bondage and plagues, our flesh and the world still must be overcome. But we can break completely free from those hard yokes of bondage. We can release the bitterness and heavy burdens to him. And he can bring uh, forgiveness to us as we forgive others. And even if we, we ask him to help us to forgive others, including ourselves, and we receive his forgiveness. And he will replace it with his burden, the, the yoke and burden of Jesus, which is easy and light. I said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. Revelation twelve eleven, And that's John sixteen thirty three. So Jesus, the sinless Son of God, died as the sacrifice for ungodly sinners, and God justifies the ungodly through faith alone. That runs counter to human pride. Have you guys trusted in Jesus' blood alone as your hope from heaven? Or hope for heaven? Is your heart in submission to God's word and his ways, especially when those ways involve a trip through the barren wilderness? And your heart is either hardening against God because you are resisting his sovereign ways with you, or it is growing softer toward God because you're submitting to his word and his ways. And your response to trials reveals your heart. Send down spiritual roots deep into the fertile, moist soil of God's word so that you can endure when the hot sun of affliction beats down on you. So how do you know if you need any of these, uh, any of these things? Freedom, salvation, healing today? Well, a few things. If, you're, uh, if you've even experienced like an ounce of fear, this year, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, shame, guilt, sin, negativity, doubt, insecurity. Uh, maybe you're uh, something stopping you um, spiritually from just feeling effective. I know that for a while I did not feel effective spiritually, and I had to pray to repair the gates in my life that, for the Holy Spirit to flow through, just like Nehemiah, you know. And uh, I mean, if you guys. 
kind of are, have been waiting and hoping for maybe a breakthrough financially. I know it's been a hard time for a lot of people. Don't let yourself get in the way of entering a new spiritual zip code today. God wants to experience a fresh, he wants you to experience a fresh anointing through faith of his glory in you. His glory is his weightiness of his presence, his attributes, his, of his character, his standard of excellence. Perfection is not the goal. We strive for excellence. Some of you have felt lost and exhausted, and you want to enter into an agreement right now with God to save you from eternal death. And some of you are ready to grow and find freedom, whether it be from sin or from some of the yokes and burdens and weeds that have stayed entangled to you. And th- those weeds can even be people. Like Abraham and Lot, they were, had some quarrels, and Abraham was like, you go your way and I'll go mine. And, uh, and Lot chose his way, which we know became Sodom and Gomorrah that way. <laughs> and, um, and then Abraham went his way. Um, you might have to do that with some people in your life. And some of you need to release some bitterness, forgive and receive forgiveness, turn from your grumbling into gratefulness, and march around patiently praising God until your attitude gets right <laughs> and the walls fall down so you can enter the promised land and fully possess it through progressive freedom. Because God wants to bring about progressive freedom. And I've heard a lot of people when they get saved, they say, the, the day I asked Jesus in my heart, I was saved, delivered, and healed. And it doesn't all happen like this. Even though we want instant gratification, it is a process. It's a journey that, we, that God takes us on. For me, it was 25 years. So <laughs> everybody's different. The Heavenly Father loves you guys, and he has a gift for all of you to receive something new from him today. He wants to do it in your life. And he, it takes faith, which is hopeful expectation, to receive it. Faith without action is dead. So I want everyone in the room to take a faithful action and come forward for the prayer of agreement. And that way you guys can receive what it is that your Heavenly Father has for you today. He has something new. I, w- I want to pray for you guys, and I want the leaders to get up and also pray for anybody that wants that. So come on down. Don't let yourself get in the way, everybody. I know everybody has something they want God to do in their lives. A miracle, um, a move. Maybe you want God to use you to be more effective in somebody else's life. Everybody has something. I want to say a prayer real quick, and then I'm going to hand the mic over to you, Pastor Cade. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all of your people taking this faithful action, God. I thank you, Lord. I ask that they receive what you have for them, Lord, today, Lord. Just do a new thing in them, Lord. You make all things new, God, and we thank you for that. We ask that you would just bring your glory on them, Lord, and through them, and help them to even be able to give you more of their glory, Lord God, um, their presence. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just help us to help us to get free, help us to be healed, Lord God. And to the ones who need to ask Jesus into your heart, if you'll just repeat after me, say, "Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We humble ourselves." Just soften our hearts, Lord Jesus, and come into them, Lord God. We thank you for saving us. Thank you for helping us to find freedom and receive your healing and be witnesses that are effective for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. 
And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.